Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Welcome. We have the most amazing guest today. I'm so I'm excited. So excited. One of Bozeman's greatest realtors. I'm going to just put it out there, even though so I kind of hate her. She's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> she has over 70 million in sales this year. She's dominating the luxury market. And we have Charlotte Durham with us. Oh, I'm Thank so excited. You. I'm Welcome. so excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Okay. So talk to us. How did you get into real estate? So I graduated from Montana State with a business degree focused in marketing. And at that time, I knew I loved real estate and there wasn't really a lot of amazing marketing companies back then. And so I ended up getting my license right after college. And that was actually just 10 years ago, almost to this week wow. that I got my license. So I didn't know you went to Montana State. So where where were you born? So I grew up in Lewistown, Montana. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's a local. That's uh-huh. awesome. My yeah. whole family's from Denton, Montana. We're like, oh, wow. nobody's there. So we spent a lot of time in Lewistown. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I grew up in Lewistown, went to Montana State and got into real estate right after college and ended up spending a few years here, a few years in Denver, and then moved back home. A little over five years ago. And then were you in Colorado for a while doing real estate? Yes. Okay. So I practiced in Denver for about three years. So do you feel like that's kind of where you got your edge a little bit, being in a different market and then being able to bring it here? I do. I think it's a few things. I have a marketing background and I always love the marketing aspect of real estate. So I think that helped differentiate me. But then working in Denver, which was the fastest paced market in the country at that time, Mm -hmm. um, it taught me how to have an edge and have to be competing when there's 20 offers. And so to bring that home and how fast paced things move there to bring that home, I think definitely helped me. Similar. I really got my career going in Portland and I think, yeah, going for just such a different market and then taking a lot of that big city stuff here, I think it was really helpful. For sure. So you've been in real estate for 10 years. What changes have you seen in the last decade other than the market just being absolutely crazy right now? (laughs) Right. Well, when I got into real estate, it was just foreclosures and short sales like crazy. So it's definitely different than, than those days. That's for sure. But I think, you know, the real progression of technology and digital marketing and the influence that plays in the real estate realm. I think we've seen how real estate was being done even 10 years ago is drastically different than how it's being done now and the impact online marketing and global marketing and what that does for your seller and their ROI at the end of the day, really. You know, I want to circle back to what you were talking about, what you learned in Denver about how you knew that you had to have a competitive edge. And I think that that's something that you both have and you do so well is that you both have a very significant competitive edge very much in your own way. And you do that in a way that's just consistent, consistently working your own systems over and over and over again, day in, day out. You guys don't detour from your plan. And it's so awesome to watch it appears so strong when you see so many other realtors that are just kind of like popping in, popping out. 
Like I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there and I'm, and they don't really know what they're doing. They don't have a plan. You both significantly have a plan and you follow through and it looks really super classy from the outside looking in. Oh, thank, thank you. you. That oh, is really well, sweet. I love you both. <laughs> thank you. I think, and I think that's so true though, because Alicia has been so true to her brand and herself. Yeah. And as have I, and I think you have to really decide your demographic, your image, your brand, and it just needs to stay true to that. Yes. Right? And when you stay true to your own brand and it's super clean mm-hmm. um, and there's no guesswork involved, people really appreciate and don't know why, but they can feel the impact of that. They know what they can depend on. They know that what they're going to get from you, they know what they're going to get from Alicia and they can get it from your guys' marketing. And I mean, truthfully, I think that comes from your marketing background because you learn from that. But like Alicia doesn't have a marketing background. You guys have learned that from experience and being true to who you are. Yeah. And what you've done such a beautiful job of is getting into the luxury market. I feel like there's you and one other realtor in town that for those high, high end homes, it's basically you or him. <laughs> Every other one. Which and I can't really... tell you who that him is. It's completely escaping my mind. So Charlotte's got it for me. But it really is so cool to see that you, and especially being a young woman, just starting to dominate that field. It's really, really, really cool. Thank it's you. Awesome. I appreciate it. I think it's fun to even be talking about this because, you know, that was my goal and my dream many years ago. To So to now be in this position is is really fun. It feels a little surreal, to be honest. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. So we talk about that a lot, too, like setting goals. And when you hit them, like, are you feeling like inside like, yeah, I'm doing it? Or do you just feel like are you like us and you just go on to the next no. thing? So I was going to say, I think the reason <laughs> we're all, syndrome. Yep. Yes, for sure. I think the reason we're all sitting here right now is probably because we are our own worst enemy and biggest yeah. critic. And even though I'm hitting beyond the goals, I thought I would. Uh, it's never quite good enough. Right? Never. You think. Uh, you know, there's always improvement to be done. I'm always thinking, oh, what systems can we make more efficient on the back end with my team? And, right. you know, what can we better be doing to cater to our clients and, mm-hmm. and, and gifting them and communicating with them? So I think it's ever evolving, right? I think we've blown past the goals we have and mm-hmm. just continue to make new ones. And I yeah. think, you know, we need to learn to give ourselves a little bit of grace. But again, I think because we're so hard on ourselves is why we continue to grow. We talk about literally forcing yourself to sit in it at least for a day, you know, to sit in your relish it, talk about it, talk about it with your loved ones and just sit in it. But, you know, we just realized that we're going to hit our goal for this year. We're going to close $100 million in in loans this year. And we're going to, you know, help almost 300 families this year, which is really the truthfully what the goal is, is to how many families we can help, not so much what our volume is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm trying to make myself sit in that, but I'm already looking to the next year and be like, okay, Okay, what's next? Totally. What's next? what's next? I just hit my goal. Mm-hmm. I want to do sixty million. I want to do a hundred transactions, but I don't think I don't think we're going to quite get there. You've had some big dollar stuff. I've had some big dollar stuff, and mm-hmm. our price went up enough. But yeah. um, but yeah, I'm just like yeah, okay. And like, I had no <laughs> happiness about no it. No happiness. Well, I like, think yeah, you think when you get to this in anything you do in life, you think you're going to like reach the top of this mountain where your goal sits. Yes, and suddenly and you're, you're going to feel this like, like wings pop out of yes. your back, and you're going to like feel the fly. Yes. <laughs> you can turn into gold. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you don't. It's you're like, like no, my oh. arm could still stink. Yeah, what can turns you do? out. <laughs> and once we hit it, you're like, okay, well, I'm here. What more can we do? Okay, so what mm-hmm. were your goals? Uh, 70 million for the year. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's amazing. so great. Yeah. She's over it. She's over it. You're going to do more. But not only have you hit $70 million, $70 million plus this year, you've had another very significant change in your world that you have been able to do all this business and be able to manage this 
phenomenal thing. So I'm, I'm just like hinting at this amazing, <laughs> amazing life change. So you tell us about it. So Camilla, she is the best thing that's ever happened to me. That's for sure. Oh. And I, I know it's crazy. I thought I would be taking a step back in volume this year. Yeah. Um, but I definitely have taken a step back in my priorities and she's definitely number one. I was fortunate enough to work from home December through April April, mm-hmm. and had a great partner, Amy Schaefer, you know, yeah. really just helped she me was amazing. through it. She was and she moved, but I miss her. But Camilla, you know, I think after you have kids, your priorities become so clear. And I never wanted to be one of those people that look back and said, I wish I would have spent more time with my, yeah. my kids. We, we talk about that a lot. Right? And they're only, a, she's almost one and she's not even a baby anymore. She's like I a know. big girl. And yeah. so I'm so glad that I took that time with her. But I think you just, it goes back to my pre-baby self thought, oh, I'll take a step back this year and I want to focus on Camilla. Right. But also we just figured out. You know, I guess I didn't have to, you know, I work from home. My clients were so gracious and loved that I was, you know, have a brand new baby. I had a, you know, a team around me, which I'd love to get into that at some point. We're going there. (laughs) We're going there. (laughs) How important that is and having just amazing people around you that can support not only you, but each other and, and keep everything going and keep the client experience amazing. But yeah, it, it was a big year for Don't sure. Don't you feel like it actually motivates you more? Oh, yeah. I sometimes think if I didn't have kids, oh, I'd get more done. But, but no, they're my why. That's why I'm pushing so hard. That's exactly. why I want to be better and do more. It's because of them. Exactly. They give you a reason to run. Yeah. And be so mm-hmm. efficient. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. when I'm away from her, I just like to go. You know, I like to get things done really quickly and efficiently. And right. I don't like to go take a lunch or, you know, right. dilly dally around. What's I just lunch? Yeah. You only have lunch when we combine it <laughs> right? with a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I just, it's taught me to be a lot more efficient and forward thinking with my schedule Yeah. Um, so that I can just crank and get stuff done and be back with her. Okay. So, so let's, yeah, let's talk about yeah. the teams. Yeah. We talk a lot about teams. I have a small team. You have a giant team. Yeah. Charlotte, tell us about your team. So I just hired my first assistant, Right when the COVID thing happened. So Wait, you were doing everything by yourself? Up until lockdown. Yeah. Whoa. So March of 2020. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I, I've just had the one assistant. And then in June of this last summer, I hired a secondary assistant. Mm-hmm. And now I just hired a intern, which she's licensed now. So she's Great. been incredible. Um, so there's three other people, four, including myself now, just as, of, as in the last few months. So before that, it was just me and another assistant. Wow. And you don't have like any buyer's agents under you? I do now. Okay. So Trevor, he's amazing. He's helping out with that just because, you know, I don't want to say no to people. And we were getting so many leads that I started realizing now that I have Camilla, I can't say yes to everyone. Same. Yeah. So Trevor is amazing. He's our buyer's agent. And now I have Chrissy and Olivia. They're helping me out with transactions and client. Okay. So how many is that then total that you have? Four. 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 Okay. Including me. So outside looking in, because, you know, people want to know what it looks like from the outside, right? Outside looking in, it looks to me that you work a pretty normal work week. Like you hustle, you're very efficient in what you, with your time. You show up, you, you kick ass the whole day, and then you go home, hurry home back to your family. To your husband and your beautiful baby girl, who I don't know how she smiles constantly. Have you seen? Oh, like, oh my like, gosh. are you? What is happening to this child? She has a she has a smile on her face for twenty four hours a day. I'm like, where's the crabby picture? I'm sure she has a moment, but it looks like to me like you do your hustle during your normal work day, and then when it 
comes time to like even Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you are carving out genuine high quality time with your family. And it's because you have this phenomenal team and you've been able to delegate and be able to hand things off that are important tasks because you have a trade-off. Either I can have, you know, this phenomenal career or I have this family and you've figured out how to have both in a very cool way. I mean, it looks yeah. like you shut it down and you're like, bye. Or is that true? Or Thank no? you. I know. You know, I'm striving to that so much and I've definitely gotten better for sure. I, I feel like I'm getting better and better because pre-Camilla, I'd be on my phone and computer right. from the time I opened my eyes till I closed them, right. which I was okay with that. I love what I do. I love helping people. It was... I loved it. Um, but now that I have Camilla, I've really tried to set strong boundaries of when I go home, I'm with her. I don't right. ever want to just be hanging out with her while I'm on my phone. Right. Sometimes there's things that you can't get around and, you know, the client needs to talk to you. Right. But for the most part, yeah, I do cut it off. A lot of times I'll hop on my computer maybe if she goes to the bed for the night. But I'm sure. really striving. My goal is to not be doing that. And on the weekends, yeah, I try to just be with my family and check in a few times with my phone and make sure there's nothing crazy going on. But I have an amazing team and I think we'll only get more and more efficient, but definitely where I am in my, in my life now, it's so important for me to create those boundaries I yeah. think too, because not only do I want to be with my daughter as much as possible, but I, as I'm sure Alicia and you, Colleen can attest to, you just get so burnt out. You get oh my so burnt out. <laughs> To where you want to just sometimes quit. We, yeah. we talk about this a lot, how from the outside people think real estate's such an easy job and like Amorous, you just get this big, yeah, yeah. You get this big paycheck. It's exhausting. It's heart-wrenching. It takes all your energy and your soul to be good at it. Yes. And there's no break ever. No, nope. like you will be out with your friends, you know, Saturday barbecue and you're working half the time. And it's really, really, really exhausting. How do you fight the burnout? Like the burnout? That's a great question. I'm, I'm still always looking for new ways, but I think it's really come down to me. I used to think, okay, I need to take 10 days off or I need to take, go on this elaborate vacation. But I think to avoid burnout and keep going, it really comes down to my morning routine yes. before I get going and my routine on my way home. You know, I yes. used to just fly from one thing to the next and, you know, take my chaos into my family life. And oh, Okay, could, so what's your morning routine? So I try to wake up and have time before... My daughter wakes up. So my, my husband and I created our morning routine together so where we could just sit and have coffee and just kind of uh -huh. chill and just mm -hmm. be instead of seconds. waking up, getting ready, get out the door. And just I've noticed just doing that. And then if I'm driving home, if I've had a crazy, crazy day, instead of just flying home and straight to my daughter, sometimes I'll even like pull over for five minutes or 10 minutes mm -hmm. and just try to breathe, listen to some great music mm -hmm. um, and just calm my before I head home. Because it's like nervous system blowout. Oh, yeah. When you're just responding and responding. I actually had uh, who I'm, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to call her out on anything. But I was having <laughs> lunch with a realtor who uh, on our side of it, we would consider a whale, which you guys are whales. When you're high producing, we categorize realtors and based on their production. And she is definitely a whale, definitely in like the top 20 for sure. And she reached out to me the other day and she said, I'm so burnt out that do you happen to have a position on your team in like PR? Oh my god! Because I'm done. I'm done with real estate. And I'm like, yeah. you're not done. It's okay. No. You got to keep going. I can't pay you what you get paid like that. Right. Totally. <laughs> so but I, I'm, I'm it's, totally it's really common right now. Yeah. Like I'm oh, yeah. like, I crushed my goals. I'm right where I want to be. Like I'm, the I feel like I'm good for the year and I need I think some you fire. Be. And you're yeah. like, why am I not more excited? Why am I, I not mean, more relaxed? Exactly. Like why can't I just like breathe and be like, oh cool, I could you know, go for a hike every day and just relax. Mm -hmm. I don't have as many listings as I usually have. And I'm in a good 
spot, which I'm actually enjoying being a little bit slower. Yeah. But instead, I'm have the panic of oh, I'm never gonna do another deal again, and never also, like never yeah. happening ever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just such a weird like the highs and lows of sales are exhausting. Yeah. It, it truly is. There are high yeah. highs and low lows. Yeah. So Charlotte, you've had the same growing pains I think that I have in that you've had people join your team and then you've had people leave your team. Mm -hmm. So I threw in a question here that was impromptu. So sorry about that. Okay. How does it make you feel when somebody quits? And how do you recover from that? Or have you ever had to fire anybody? I've had one person quit and I've had to let one person go. Okay. Um, it's That is probably the most unfun thing that could ever happen. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Either I think, side. Mm -hmm. Yes. We spend more time with our team than probably our own family, you know, right. the work hours were with, with our team. So you, you're in a very close relationship with them. So it feels like a breakup almost. That's it for does. sure. And I think I put such value on my relationships with my team and they become like family members to me. So that's always a difficult situation to be in. I think someone quitting and having to let someone go are, are different. That's for sure. But yeah. Ugh. Not fun. It's not fun. It's not fun. I recently had somebody quit that I didn't see coming, but my intuition told me it was coming and has been coming for a long time. And honest to goodness, we are way stronger. We are way stronger on the other side of it. And we call it like the 72 hours of suck of yeah. just that horrible. I mean, just got to be honest, you know, it makes me cry like every single time on both sides of it. If I have to fire somebody or if I have to, if somebody quits, like I always cry and I'm not a crier. That's not really something, but it feels like a divorce. Yeah. You know, when somebody quits, it feels treacherous to me. Mm -hmm. It's always sucks. Mm -hmm. Always. No, it really does. And I think though it is important when if you're feeling heavy about that person and how the team's going i think you're like you said your intuition told you i think we have to make sure that we have the right fit for us not only job wise but is it someone that you really get along with and makes you feel lighter and more organized and right. i started realizing you know how heavy it would make me feel if it wasn't a right fit and how i'd end up talking to my husband at night about it constantly and right you know, the writing's kind of on the wall. And I think we need to listen to our intuition, our gut a little bit more in making those decisions because our team is everything. Right. Know? And I think that that's what makes us different from men when it comes to how we run our business, how women run our businesses, because we do operate based on intuition and gut feeling and heart and trying to truly care for people and provide something of value to them. It's not just about us. And not that all men are that way, but it's just that it's like we have a sixth sense, that for intuition sure. sense. It's one we try to squash down often. For sure. I mean, I, I feel that way, but that's, I, I mean, how do you have a conversation with somebody to be like, my feeling is that you're not happy or that, you know, it's just an uncomfortable conversation and, and one that if you take down the wrong road or you start having the conversation too soon, you can actually end up pushing somebody out the door. Yeah, so. yeah that's for sure. Yeah. So before you guys were just talking about being sensitive and crying before we started, you said you're working on being more vulnerable. Yeah. Talk to me about it. Oh, so I think I've always had a hard time just opening up my personal life and even like the inner workings of my business to the outside world, whether that's social media or what have you. I don't know why. I think it goes back to a little of that imposter syndrome sometimes. Yeah. But also I, I am actually a very private person mm -hmm. and I don't know. It's I think it's just in my head a little bit. Either no one cares what I'm really working on or I don't have time to share it. Or if they, you know, if they actually knew the background of what we do, it's not always exciting. It's really boring. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> We're in front of the computer a lot. It's not that glamorous. Yes. And it's just, it's a lot of stuff. I mean, real estate's amazing. And again, I love helping people. That's the core of it for me. But 
you know, there's a ton of paperwork, there's inspections, there's just everyone needs a lot of different details and you have 20 deals going at a time and each deal has four questions for the day. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot, yeah. as you know. The amount of text messages you send a day is crazy. It's kind of a juxtaposition. I find myself becoming more private as well. That was well. a big word. Uh, <laughs> an A plus for the day. That's all you got to do. But like we put ourselves out there so much, like our faces are everywhere. We're like, Right. pushing our brand. We're trying to make it so that everyone will know our names. Right. But, but then of, you want get, the fatigue of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good, right, that we push our brands, but I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, it's getting out there so much. I just want to crawl into a hole. Because yeah. <laughs> we had Missy O'Malley on and one of the questions we asked her, and I have the same question for you, is Bozeman still small enough? It's it's big, but it's small enough that pretty much anywhere, anywhere you go, people know your face. Mm-hmm. And it's like a mini celebrity in Bozeman. How do you deal with that? I know that's a good question. I think I have been trying to be more vulnerable lately though, because, you know, I have people and especially the great people on my team are saying people want to see the, that side of you. They want to see the inner workings. They want to see the real you. They don't want to just see the pretty pictures of the houses. Right. So I've kind of stepped across my comfort zone and done it more. And I've seen the feedback I've gotten. It's really amazing. I was so flattered. I've opened up a little bit more on my Instagram stories and such. And and people really do want to know that stuff. So it makes me feel better about like sharing my real experience and and how many hurdles and hardships we go through to get where we are today. Um, So yes, I'm working on being more. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) How many followers do you have right now on Instagram? Oh, I think around 24,000. That is crazy. That is so cool. We got to work on that. (laughs) (laughs) How how did that happen? That happened really, you know, I, when I moved back from Denver to Bozeman, I really created my Charlotte and co brand, which was just me on my own. And that really helped differentiate myself for sure. But I came out with this really cool, unique brand around my real estate company, which was kind of almost like a marketing company in a sense too. And then I just started posting you know, beautiful homes I was working on. But that was also before I was doing the business I am now. I knew I wanted to be in the luxury realm. So I just immediately started marketing myself as a luxury broker. I was posting luxury homes, luxury design. I wasn't working on those necessarily, but I was positioning myself in the market as a a luxury expert. And I was hashtagging the crap out of everything. Um, And I think just those beautiful images, hashtags, I had this new brand, all of that together really created a cool following. That's Uh, amazing. There's a lot of young realtors that will come in and try to be like a luxury specialist. And and I think it's not good for everyone. But, you know, you you had came in with all the experience and, you know, with your experience in Denver. So you weren't new, but to the market, you were new. Exactly. How do you feel like you deal with people's expectations of you and you're young, you're, you're, I mean, you're young, you're a young mom, you're, um, you're you're a wife, you're hot, (laughs) you, you know, you're a business owner, you know, and you ran your own business for so long. And now you're teamed up with Big Sky Sotheby's, which I'm sure was a humongous decision for you. But how do you manage the expectations, the outside expectations of other people? Hard. I feel like you can't Mm -hmm. really, everyone has an opinion. And I think it always reminds me of the saying, you could be the juiciest peach of all peaches, but someone <laughs> might not like that peach. <laughs> so 
the corny <laughs> saying, but it's true. I mean, it's it oddly sexual, actually. But I like, <laughs> all I can picture are those those uh, athleisure pants with the big juicy across the big butt. Yeah. Which neither one of you has a big butt, so I mean, I, I mean, it might be funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There's our Instagram post right there. there yeah. Go. I well, I think it goes back to you know we I've stayed true to my brand. Alicia stayed true to her brand. You've stayed true to your brand. Not everyone's going to like you or think, you know, you're a girl, you're blonde, you're young, you're probably not that smart. You know, that sometimes happens. Mm -hmm. And but if you give me 30 seconds of your time to talk to me, you're probably going to change your mind usually. Um, But, you know, you can't manage everyone's expectations. That's for sure. I think we're good at. When we meet people, we know how to read people, which I also think that makes it that us good at our jobs. Right. And that's a you skill know, you can't teach. I tell people, can't. I think that's one of my best skills is being able to read a room yeah. and pick up on their energy and what they want to hear. Right. And not just BS them, but yeah. We have to be them. a little bit of a chameleon. And yes. that doesn't mean we're being fake or changing who we are. It just means that we know how to cater to people and we know how to communicate with them in a way that is true to them. Exactly. Um, so I think we're good at picking up stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's ever evolving though. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. What are your predictions for 2022? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think we're going to be flat? Do you think it's going to keep going up? We have so much demand that continues to happen. And unfortunately, our inventory can't even come close to keeping up with that. I think we need 120 homes a day to get start getting caught <laughs> up. Like, there's no way. Like, I, yeah. I think we're going to continue to see things rise. I'm I'm glad it's at a little more healthy of a place and that we're not seeing appreciation does happen feel better. so fast. Mm-hmm. It's hard because I think we sometimes as realtors get the rap for people think that we're, we're, we're doing this. Right. And, you know, we're in charge of the market. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Supply and demand is yep. definitely happening. Unfortunately, we don't, you know, we don't love seeing the prices in our home state skyrocketing. But no. unfortunately, that's what happens when everyone wants to live in our beautiful place and we can't Keep up with we the inventory. We do have a pretty fantastic area that we live in. We, we have such a bubble. Mm-hmm. And I always forget about it until you go somewhere else and you just realize how <laughs> yeah. great the people are here. All yes. you got to do is travel anywhere, literally anywhere. Yeah. And you'll be over the moon. Well, I think that's one of the things that's a common thread between all of us is because we are all Montana natives. Yet, you know, we support and see our market continuing to kind of run away with us. And it has, and it's our job to keep up with it and serve our clients as best we can. But it is kind of a, you know, catch 22 on it. Like we feel, we see our home state being priced so high, so much higher than when we were kids. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's, uh, you can wrestle with that every day, but it's not something that we're in charge of. And I know it's people have a lot of feedback about that and they'll post lots of things about it and they'll make nasty comments about your prices and things like that. And I always think that that's just kind of an interesting perspective when, you know, I get it, but... At the same time, it's not reality. I mean, we're from, like you said, we're from Montana. Of course, that's hard. Yeah. We're not just coming up with prices out of nowhere. Right. um, As realtors, it's still hard for us. But, you know, someone is going to be selling real estate. Someone's going to be out there doing it. I'm not going to stop doing it. Exactly. Because... It's got to be you. If I mean, if somebody's gonna somebody's gonna get a loan, it might as well be me being the one that's giving them the loan. Yeah, I'd rather not give it to somebody else. It's not like they're not gonna go get one. It's not like the you know the opportunity. My dad's always saying, "Don't let those Californians come into come into Montana." I'm like, 
Dad, they're going to get their loan from somewhere. And there's a lot of really great Californians that I really do like. I think we're getting the best of them. And I go to California in the winter. So what are we, you know, what are we talking about? I like it too. So, (laughs) you know, you just have to kind of figure out what's the best direction for you. Okay. I have a cheesy question to end it on. Okay. Okay, what what is your biggest struggle in real estate and what's your favorite part of it? My biggest struggle is probably that I'm so hard on myself. I think it goes back to what we were talking about before of just, you know, hitting your goals. And we do need to take time to celebrate the small moments or what's it all for really, right? So I think my biggest struggle is probably settling in, being proud of myself for where I've gone um, and, and just moving forward and making things better as much as I can in terms of efficiency. But I think just being a little a little nicer to myself. would be I love that. Thing. I think we can all take that. That's really Great advice. Yeah. And just giving ourselves some grace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Some freaking grace. Some grace. Can we touch on two other things and then we can wrap it up? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to talk. To, oh, I want to go say ahead. Thing. So I think too, a struggle is if a client's upset at you, even if you're doing all the things right that you possibly could preach, if they're mm-hmm. mad at you, you're probably 10 times more upset than they are. Absolutely. You know, even you if are. you know you're in the right, that's the worst feeling in the world to me is I when I can't fix it. Completely agree. <laughs> So, and nine, I would say 95% of the time, we know it's them. Something's going on in their world. Right. And real estate's such an exhausting, stressful moment in someone's life. And so we're easy to be get get our butts kicked exactly. by it. Yes. And when it, it is that 5% is my fault, that really kills me. But I am getting better. We have when, to. Th- when the, it's the 95% of the time where it's actually them and something they're dealing with. Yes. Of trying to let it go. But it's still so hard. Yeah, we have to have thick skin. You know, most of the time people, our customers don't really know how to communicate with people in a professional way. You know, we have to stay in that professional communication level at all times, even when the moment is heated, even when, because it's part of who we are. Right. You know, you can't just go ripping around, being nasty to people. You can have something completely fall apart and you can still communicate in a way that's professional and respectful of the other person. Our clients are in the heat of the moment. It's very emotional for them. There's everything in their world is thrown up in the air. And so it does, it always seems like they come at you way strong than maybe they need to. <laughs> and it's like, I was going to fix it even if you were just said boo at me and I was right. going to fix it for you. So, you know, that's just part of the industry. But I want to know a couple of things about you, Charlotte. So what are your thoughts about using the F-bomb in 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 your business, <laughs> in your communication, in your in your social media? How do you feel about that? I'm trying to like, I'm trying to be one with, I mean, I use it a lot, but I... I you know, you if know. you would have asked me Probably even a year ago, I would have said absolutely not. Sure. No, not professional. No place for that. But again, I'm really trying to just be myself. I feel like this year, it was that's something I decided I wanted to do. Not just have this perfect professional image with all these perfect houses, but really just be myself. Mm-hmm. And I've started doing that, and I feel so much more comfortable in my skin and where my career is at. It just feels lighter to me. Yeah. So I would say before I would have said no, and now if that is what feels true to you in the moment and you're trying yeah. to get a point across, yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there's a classy way to do that. You don't call your customer up for the first time and start flinging, no, right. no. flinging uh, you know, words around. But, you know, if they drop one, one, I'm 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 right in the boat with them. Yeah, so. and I think that's another part of being a chameleon. There might be some clients that really don't appreciate yeah. that, and there might be some clients that you can pick up on cues right away that they're real and raw, and they don't care if you happen to drop an F bomb. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was coming into a closing just the other this well, maybe it was last week, and Sari literally stopped me in the hallway, and she was like, "These are church people. <laughs> don't you need it. to maybe like." 
you know, make it pretty clean. I'm like, I don't drop cuss words at the closing table. I would never do that. But thanks for the memo. The other question I have for you is what we have a lot of realtors that listen to this show and we've been getting a lot of really great feedback and getting a lot of me too moments. So maybe you can give just a little bit of advice for realtors who are also young moms and don't want their business to to get set aside. How would you recommend that they manage this being a new mom and running their business? That's a great question. Well, I think to, I think so many realtors are afraid of investing in other people. They think of other people as an expense to them and the money they have, they might be losing, but we need to think of it completely different. I mean, especially if you're a new mom, maybe you can't afford an assistant yet, but that doesn't mean you can't give them a percentage of your business while you're starting out. Right. You know, that having that support, I mean, there is nothing that is worth its weight in gold, especially as a new mom. Try to find someone, even if someone is wanting to get in the business and they're new, maybe they'll intern for you and, you know, get their license and just learn and absorb from you. So I think when you're first getting going, you have to get creative. Mm -hmm. So it might be giving someone a percentage of your deals um, if you can't afford to pay them a salary or if you're not in that place in your career where you even want to yet. But being a new mom, having that support around you is so imperative. And we're so lucky in this business, unless we're out actively showing property, we can work from home. Right. Now Camilla's almost one and running and crawling yeah. and moving. Not as easy now. Not as easy. It was <laughs> the first six months when I stayed home, she laid in her little donut next to me and her yeah. my, while I worked. But I think you just got to figure out what works for you and, and be flexible. There's always a workaround if you, right. you, know, you know, you don't have to just start handing over checks to someone that's helping you. They can, it can be a team effort. And I think that's probably the best way as a new mom to help yourself out and give yourself some grace. Also, I used to think, oh, I don't want my clients to know I'm having a baby because they might think that I'm not working hard. <laughs> I, hid Isn't my first, that, I hid both my pregnancies for as long as I could. Right. Yep. I did too. And so I think that that's something that's maybe in our head a little bit. With most of my clients, when they found out, they were so excited for me. Yeah. And they weren't thinking, oh, is she working hard enough? And if there are people that think that, they're probably not. A good yeah. client for you. Although there, there is a still a double standard there. Like, so we, I have this great guy who works for Small Dog, and his business card and everywhere it's his kids on his shoulders yeah. and like. But and I, so I was thinking, oh, that'd be a great idea for me to do. But I couldn't do that as my business card. Right. I w- it would look like they're my priority, which they are. But inst- instead of doing real estate, so. It is hard for women still. Like it is, it is still You're a weird thing. Right. You yeah. know, yeah. you were on a panel, I think, last year. Or maybe yeah. the beginning of this year. Oh, we actually and talked about just, this on the podcast. Yeah, it absolutely. Yeah, we talked about you. You were on a panel and it absolutely took my breath away because the question was talking about how you were balancing family and business. And it went down the line and you had said, you know, I figured out how to build a team and I, you know, shut it down and I make time for my family and I make sure, you know, my clients are taken care of because I've built out a team in order to make that happen. So nobody is waiting on me, but I'm definitely allocating time for those that are most special to me because I don't want to miss out on this beautiful baby. And then it went down to one of the guys and he was like, hmm. I barely spend like an hour a week with my, with, or, or hour a day oh, with yes, my kids, an hour a day with my kids. And I was like, my mouth dropped on the floor because if a woman said that, oh, oh, Alicia yeah. only spends an hour a day of her, Dude, with her oh, children, would we would hate it. you. Yeah, we would yeah. hate She's you. We would be person. like, you're a horrible person. Exactly. You clearly don't know what your role is in, you know, and, and so the expectation is for women in business to be able to figure out the balance, to have it together to, I mean, you always look gorgeous. That takes maintenance. You know, that <laughs> takes time. <laughs> it does <laughs> nothing. It's all natural. Yeah. Everything, everything, me too. Um, but you know, it just takes time to do all those things 
things to keep all those things in balance. And the expectation for men is just different than it is for women. It is. And sure. one hour a day with your children, no. you're not yeah. lining stuff up right. I want to just go smack the crap and out of them. And that's, I think that goes back to, to, we have, we know what, most of us know what our priorities are in life, but are we living them? So I would bet a million dollars he would say his kids are his number one priority. But right. is that the way you're acting? No. And how does your wife feel about that? <laughs> yeah, we just need to make sure our... Our actions of our daily life are in line with what our actual priorities are. I don't think a lot um, of people have that figured out. I, I know. And I'm 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 definitely always working on that. Oh, for sure. for sure. But I, I 100% agree. I think it's, you know, I go back and forth. Well, I, I still want to be this businesswoman, but I don't want to look like I'm neglecting my mom duty. And then if I'm, you know, really posting a lot about being a mom, I don't want my clients to think that I'm neglecting work. Right. And I think it's unfortunate that we have to worry so much about what we're putting out there right? because people don't actually really know the workings of your, your real life. I think social media is a highlight reel for sure, mm-hmm. but that's something we as women have to struggle with. Do we want to put out that we're a businesswoman or are we a mom? And, and I'm trying to say you can hundred percent do both. I mean, I've had right. my best year in business ever. I didn't take too much time away from my daughter. You know, I was home with her for six months and I'm home with her every night. So I just, I think it was important for me to prove to myself that you can, you can do all of that. You can be multifaceted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. It it looks phenomenal from the outside and, um, you know, not just from the outside, Charlotte, but from knowing you for as many years as I have known you and all the conversations that we've had in your development, in your career development, from going from your own, from your own shop into moving into a company and talking about, you know, how you were going to, you know, figure out how to balance being a mom and wanting to grow your business and, you know, talking about growing a team. And I feel like you've let me just kind of ride on your little shirt tail on that. And I'm like, okay, what's the update? Where you at with it? And it's been fun. And I really admire you and what you have going on. And I, I love to see how well you're doing. I love to see how well you're doing, Alicia. And it's just fun. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so no, much. Thank this you is guys. So I great. Feel ditto to all yeah. of that. I mean, you're doing you're all doing amazing things. And it's it's fun to have this relationship and see how everyone's evolving. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Thanks, guys. Love fest. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate.